great to see everybody today and uh, come and share. Nice to see you all in church on this warm, lovely day and uh, coming to celebrate and just uh, open our hearts today. It was a bit of a miracle today. I don't know if you spotted it, but um, a West Bromwich Armium fan prayed for Birmingham City on the stage. I mean, I just thought that was a beautiful thing. That, that is the grace of God right at work in Matthew Atkins there. Do you know what I mean? Um, just uh, love it that Jesus is changing lives, Matt, honestly. Do you know what I mean? That's just the best. Great to see everybody, and um, we're going to share this morning from Philippians chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, it was a great testimony, Steve, just of what God's doing in your life uh, and using you. Isn't it amazing how God can change people's lives and use them for His glory? We're just excited about that. Um, I want us to share this morning really about um, the mindset of Jesus. The mindset of Jesus. I want us to talk about uh, how we can have a mindset like Him. How we can change our thinking like him. How we can learn to think in the way that Jesus thought. Um, what it takes in our lives and why we need to do it. And so I'm going to bounce out of this very well-known passage of Philippians 2. It says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on an earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow, what a passage. Um, I just want to try and unpack a few things about it this morning, really just about how we live. Uh, Philippians 2, and your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Wow, what a phrase, have the same mindset. How's your mindset today? Are you thinking like Jesus in your relationships with one another? Are you thinking like the Lord? Have you learned to, to change and to alter how you think in accordance with who Jesus is? Philippians 2 uh, in the NLT, uh, New Living Translation says this, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. I love that. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. I want to talk about mindset. You know, we sometimes forget Jesus came to save us and to secure for us eternal life, but he also came to show us how to live in this world, how to live for him in this world. He also came to teach us what it means to honor the Lord with our lives and with how we live. And I want us to try and get hold of that today. Uh, Jesus came and said, I want you to have a full life, an abundant life. And I've just been reflecting on what that means. I don't think it means that we have everything we want when we want it, how we want it, and how we like it. I don't think it can mean that, because if you listen to the rest of what Jesus has to say, he's talking about a whole lot of different things to that. He's talking about following him and knowing him. He's talking about listening to his voice. He's talking about becoming like him, about taking off the old and putting on the new. He's talking about living in contentment, even in the midst of need. So I don't think Jesus is saying abundant life is all about having everything you want. 
I think Jesus is saying abundant life is about knowing him and being transformed by his grace. I think that's the primary purpose of it. And so I want us to just adjust our thinking because then we come to this passage in Philippians where it says, listen, uh, in your relationships with each other, and I think it's really important that that's the context, he says in the relationships with each other, have the same attitude as Jesus. In other words, we treat people as Jesus would treat people, with the same principles of life. In our relationships with each other, actually we have to bring into that our understanding of how Jesus was in his life and his attitudes. And so I want to try and pick that up today. Because Jesus presents a different attitude. I love the story of Jesus with the disciples and uh, they, get, they come and rest for the night. And he says to them, what were you arguing about on the road? And it says they kept quiet because they'd been arguing about who was the greatest. Don't you just love humans? They were arguing about who was the best. They were arguing about, hey, I'm better than you at this. I'm actually closest to Jesus. I'm more spiritual than you. I'm more dynamic. And that's what they're arguing about. And Jesus says to them, actually, anyone who wants to be the first must be the last and the servant of all. Wow. Not too many amens in the house. Could it be that abundant life is actually being free of the desire for all the things that this world has and abundantly passionate for the purposes of God. Couldn't that be what abundant life's really about? Couldn't it be that abundant life is not saying, well, Lord, if you bless me, I'll bless you. It's not a scratch my back, you scratch somebody else's back. It's, Lord, I'm happy to give myself to your purpose for my life. Lord, I'm happy to take on board the purposes of God for me. I want to suggest that the abundant life Jesus offers us today is more about being a servant than it is about having everything we want. So here's the deal, friends. Do you want the abundant life that Jesus gives? Because to live that life, you have to have a radically different attitude. I don't mind being a servant until someone treats me like one. And so I want to challenge us today just to think about how we follow Jesus in our lives. I want us to challenge about it. You know, Jesus again called his disciples together and said this, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them and the high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first must be your slave just as the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He said to them, listen, you've got to change the way that you approach your life life if you want to live in abundance because abundance does not come from having everything this world has abundance comes from knowing the author of life from living in relationship from being free to be who I am who you say I am see there's there's a challenge today for the identity of the souls of men and women And it's to try and confuse. The enemy of this world, the enemy of your life, will seek to confuse your identity. And if he can confuse it, he will. He can get you all kinds of worked up about who you are, he will. And somewhere along the line, Jesus comes and said, who the sun sets free is free. Actually, that's your identity. And so you've got to kind of come and work uh, that through in your life. You've got to start to declare that and understand it because you're never going to live differently to who God wants you to be if you're always trying to be somebody in yourself. Because if you have to be somebody in yourself, then actually it's very hard to be who Jesus has called you to be because you want to argue with Jesus all the time. You ever have that in your life? Well, I know you want this, Jesus, but I want this. Let's have, let's have a disagreement. 
Let's have a debate about it and see what's happening. And I love here that Paul starts to address some of this issue in our lives. I love his introduction, actually. I could preach on his introduction this morning, just, but I, I need to get in to the rest of it. It just says this. I'll read it. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. I love that. Listen, listen. If all you take away is this verse this morning, take it away. There is encouragement from being united with Christ. Oh, Dave, that was a great point. You're just really bashing out today. Come on, that's genius. There is encouragement from being united with Christ. Do you remember, before you were a Christian, friends, you've come into the encouragement of being the Son of God. Oh, hallelujah. Some of you can even go like, praise the Lord today, that's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? There's encouragement from the United Christ. I want you to, sometime this week, friends, you're going to have to encourage yourself that you're united with Christ, that something has changed in your life. When all hell breaks loose, when the circumstances of life break against you, you're going to have to say, you know what? I take encouragement from this. I know Jesus. The faith that I have is real. It's changed my life. I don't know why that's happening, but I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced he's able to keep me. That's where I'm standing today. That's what I'm standing in. And then it says, if any comfort from his love. Listen, friends, if you need comfort today, the love of Jesus will comfort your soul. And then it says this, any common sharing in his spirit. See, abundant life, friends, honestly, it's about being encouraged that you're united with Christ. It's about receiving comfort from his love, and it's about sharing in his spirit. Friends, it doesn't get better than that. I want you to know it doesn't get better than that. Money and gold cannot add to that experiences cannot add to that. That is the pearl of great price right there. I've been united with Christ. I'm comforted by his love, and I share in his spirit. Hallelujah. We could go home right now, couldn't we? Come on. Some of you are thinking, please, let me out of here. Come on, it's, it's the truth, isn't it? I don't know why some of us, some, sometimes we walk around struggling so much. I know we have to wade through stuff. I understand that, but friends, I've encouraged because I'm united with Jesus. I still remember the day when I wasn't. I still remember the day when Christianity looked weird to me. But then one day, the lights went on, and Jesus revealed himself to me and united me with him. Friends, it's changed my life. 34 years I've been following Jesus. Hallelujah. Tell you, it's still getting better. I'm comforted by his love. When I don't understand what's happening, I'm comforted by his love. The fact that Jesus died for me. The fact that he loves me. The fact that Jesus went to a cross and hung in it because he loved me. The fact that he was rejected and scorned because he loved me. The fact that he understood that I'm a sinful soul who left to himself would be desolate. And he loved me. Man, that comforts my heart. And I share in his spirit. I get up sometimes in the middle of the night The Holy Spirit whispers something to me and I come alive. Why? Because the voice of the Lord is speaking. See, what it means to be a Christian friend is to hear the voice. It's to recognize his voice. It's to understand the Lord's with us. Anyway, that's not the sermon today. (sighs) That's just a bit of excitement. Listen, we need to change our attitudes. How do we get a different attitude? Here's how Jesus did it. Firstly, if you're going to have a different attitude, you've got to know who you are. Because that means you can be free to be different. It says, Jesus, the same attitude. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Hey, you know what? If I was Jesus, I'd have come to earth and walked around flashing lightning out of my body, wouldn't you? (laughs) 
Here I am, everybody. I'm different. <laughs> you want to be healed? <laughs> but see, Jesus, even though he was God, did not grasp at equality with God, but he knew who he was so he could act different in the world. He took on the form of a servant. Can you imagine what Jesus gave up? Listen, theologians, not theologians, 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 people who think about these things, have been trying to understand this passage for 2,000 years. He was in very nature God, yet he gave it up and became a man, and yet he was fully God and fully man. I don't understand it, friends. All I know is that something happened in the heart of Jesus that you, if you're going to have a different attitude in your way that you deal with people, you've got to know who you are and be at peace with it so you can act differently to how other people act. Because if you aren't sure about who you are in Christ, you feel the need to compete with other people's identity. You feel the need to try and be better than them. You become competitive. You become all kinds of things. But actually, if you know who you are, you can just be free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. So what am I free of? I'm free of the need to have to have everything everybody else has. I'm free of the need to be successful in the eyes of everybody else. What matters to me is that Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. See, that's freedom, isn't it? And Jesus, knowing who he was, gave it all up at a moment, at a heartbeat, because he wanted to come and bring salvation to the world. I think the angels in heaven must have been astonished at what just happened. What do you mean Jesus has given up his, his divine presence to take on the form of a person? These people, I'm sure the angels must look at us sometimes and think, you know what, humans are weird. I mean, no offense, I look at angels, I think they're a bit weird too. But they, they just, we can't know each other. We live in different realms. And yet Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, took on the form of a servant and became a man. And they sat there. Why? Because Jesus wasn't trying to be somebody who was not. He was just able to be himself. You know, truthfully, what happens in our lives is we spend so much of our life trying to be who we're not, we forget who we really are. Jesus knew who he was. I love the story of when Jesus washed the disciples' feet there in the Gospel of John. It says this, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and he had come from God and was returning from God uh, to God. So he got up. He got up. He took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. Wow. Isn't it an amazing thing? You see, when you know who you are, you can be a servant to other people. See, if you don't know who you are, you feel you have to be somebody before other people. Hello. Can I suggest that most of the fights in your life, oh, let's be radical, most of the fights in your life come from you not being content to be who you are and who other people perceive you to be. Think about that. That's where it comes from. And somebody says something and you get all irritated and agitated. Why? Because their perception of you is not what you want them to have. So therefore you're going to make their perception of them put down because you feel you have to defend your perception of you and their perception of who they am. How dare those things get crossed? You know, that wouldn't happen if you just said, hey, that's okay if you think of me like that. That's all right. That would save us a bit of trouble, wouldn't it? Anybody got into a fight over stuff like that? Any marriages got into trouble over stuff like that? Just mine, huh? Because we're trying to, trying to present something. We're trying to be something. And we know we're not really that person. But we can't be happy with who we are. Friends, you have to learn to be content with who you are in Jesus. You have to be able to say, hey, 
God has saved me. I'm a child of God. I don't have to compete to be the best at everything anymore. I don't have to try and do that to make everybody happy. I can be who I am. I don't have to be applauded for what I do if I'm free to be myself. I want you to know when Jesus set you free, he wanted to set you free from the need to be everything to everybody and just to be yourself before him. Jesus comes and he gives up, he gives up equality with God. Some of us won't even get up our space in the queue for other people. Hello. So I was here first. Is it just me that gets like that? It's a challenge, isn't it? Tell you what, we're British. We believe in cues. When you go to other cultures that don't believe in cues, it's a challenge, isn't it? Standing there nicely in line, and three million people have just overtaken me. Because in their culture, it's not about his queuing, it's about getting to the front. Do you know what I mean? I don't know who's more stupid, the British person at the back or the people who are getting there. Do you know what I mean? Why? And we get so worked up. How do we get worked up? Lots of things. Why? Because we're not free to just be ourselves. Because we're not happy with who we are. Because somewhere along the line, we expect everybody else just to be like me. I want to say to them, don't you know I'm British? Get to the back of the queue. Don't you know who I am? And they go, no, we don't. We're getting to the front. See, we're so obsessed about people and how people treat us, friends. We need to be free to be ourselves. I think it's a big thing, honestly. I think there's lots of Christians who are not living the life that God wanted them to live because they're trying to be something that they want to be rather than who God's made them. They're trying to pursue something that comes out of their own heart rather than just saying, God, whatever it is you want me to do, I'll do it. See, it's a big thing. The mindset of Christ. Christ owns everything, friends. Everything. Nothing exists that he didn't make. Everything. And yet he was born in a manger. And he said to people, I've nowhere to lay my head. So at peace with himself, was he? He didn't have to strive with it. Sometimes, you know, we get a flat tire and it's as if God doesn't love us. Because our little self is built around everything going well. Oh, I've got a flat tire. God, why today? God, why? Why has everything gone wrong today, God? It's all, my life's caving in on me. It's a flat tire. Change it. I, I, I'm not trying to be upsetting. You know, I realize fat tires going to be inconvenient. It's about like a pig putting it right. I understand, done it many times. But you see, so it's, it's so, we get so flustered because our mindset is so far from what Jesus' mindset is. Because we're thinking, well, you know, don't you know who I am, God? You're meant to be blessing me. You hear the whisper of the Lord. I am chosen not forsaken, transformed by the grace of God. You are who you say, I am. But we have to learn to know ourselves and be happy with who we are in God. I wonder what it is that we cling to in life that stops us from being free. Writer of Hebrews says this, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you. And never will I forsake you. Two contrasting attitudes right there. Keep yourself free from the love of. And it says money, but it could say anything, friend. Be content with who you are in Christ. 
because otherwise you're always going to be trying to be somebody to improve yourself. And here's the deal. When you're trying to be somebody, there's always somebody who's better than you, isn't there? Try and be the best pastor. There's thousands of them better than me. Try and be the best teacher. It's always going to be someone. Best whatever it is, put it in there. Best musician, best artist, best computer. There's always someone who's better. And so if your identity is taken from what you do, you're in trouble. Oh, you might have a good week every now and again and think, woohoo, I was the bee's needs. Just before your business collapses. Remember, somebody said to me when I was the first young pastor, and, I, and it was wisdom that stayed with me all these years. They said this, just remember, you're never as good as they say you are. And then he said this, you're never as bad as they say you are either. Wow, what a liberating phrase that was. What he meant was, you don't have to be what everybody else wants you to be. You just be who you are. Because it's who you are is enough for God to use and do what God wants to do with. Okay, I don't know how many sermons I preached this morning, but we're coming on to number three. If you want to have a different mindset, you've got to be willing to humbly serve God. You've got to be willing to humbly serve God. I don't know about you. It said there, again, New Living Translation, instead he gave up his divine privilege He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. (laughs) Wow. Jesus humbled himself to serve God and others. I don't know about you, but humility is an essential aspect of having a different mindset. If you want to have a different mindset, you've got to learn to be humble. You've got to learn to humble yourself before God and before other people. You've got to learn to to not think more of yourself. See, somehow um, uh, it was humility that enabled Jesus to act differently in the world. He came and when people uh, spat on him, uh, 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 he turned the other cheek. Man, that's humility, isn't it? When people spoke ill about him, he didn't condemn them. When people misunderstood him, he didn't try and be uh, uh, correct everybody's thinking. He just was who he was. It's humility. It was humility that enabled him to give up being uh, on the throne with God and come and taking the form of a servant. See, humility is weakness. It's not weakness, it's strength. And it's countercultural to the world that we live in. See, the world we live in doesn't really get impressed with humility. Or sometimes we'll recognize humble people after they've died. And we'll, we'll, we'll applaud them because actually their humility means we don't have to do that. But you see, to be truly humble means to live with a different spirit in our world. And Jesus came and he lived with that attitude and he showed people. And his relationships, he did that. Humility is attractive to God. Psalm 149 says this, The Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. I love that, don't you? Because you see, our world applauds arrogance and pride. You know, we're full of pride, aren't we? It's coming home. It's coming. Oh, no, it's not. It's pride, isn't it? We've had a few good games. It's, it's in the bag. What can stop us? It's pride. See, I, I think a lot of times what we do in life is we replace being having a positive, faithful attitude with pride. And we start to speak out stuff that's coming out of arrogance in our lives, not faith. Oh, aren't you glad you came this morning? I'm trying to help people here. See, if you want to have an attitude like Jesus, then somewhere along the line, you've got to start to recognize humility is what God's looking for in your life. You might be the most successful man in the building. Friends, humble yourself before the Lord. I remember a great story about um, 
pastor, a country pastor in the United States. And Abraham Lincoln slept in the back and um, was sitting down, the president, (laughs) Abraham Lincoln. And somebody just whispered to him, Abraham Lincoln's at the back, just be careful how you preach. And he said, well, I just want to welcome everybody. And I will say to you that you need to repent before God this morning. And if Abraham Lincoln walks in here today, he needs to repent too. (laughs) That's some message, isn't it? See, we're all the same, aren't we? See, sometimes we become so successful in our own eyes that we become proud. Tell your friends, do you remember who did that? He's called the devil. The sin of Satan was pride. And I still think today that it's one of the big challenges and causes of grief in people's lives because pride causes us to inflate ourselves about what we can do and to be focused more on us than we are on God's purpose. Now, friends, we expect that from people who don't know Jesus, but from people who know Jesus, actually, we have to have a different mindset. We have to say, you know what? I need to humble myself here. Somebody offends you. Hey, guess what? Humble yourself. Forgive them. See, that's the reality of it, isn't it? Somebody doesn't say the words you wanted to hear. Hey, guess what? Humble yourself. Get past it. Somebody doesn't recognize you're a great gift. Hey, guess what? Humble yourself and serve the Lord. Some, something in life doesn't work for you quite the way you want it to be. Hey, guess what? Humble yourself and he will lift you up. I don't know if you heard it last week, David Peters, 16 years he, met, he, he looked after his dying wife. He came out of the ministry to care for her for 16 years. And every day prayed for her healing. He humbled himself. Guess what? Heaven noticed. See, because we have a response when life comes in our way. We either humble ourselves and say, God, I I don't quite know what's going on here, but God, I'm going to walk humbly before you and before other people because I want to have a Christ-like mindset. Or we can say, hey, how dare they treat me like that? How dare that happen? I'm going to make sure people know I'm not happy about that. Sometimes I get like that in the queue at Asda. By the time I get to the queue, you know, I'm like, get to the till. I feel so outraged. Man, it doesn't take much, does it, to set us off? Jesus humbled himself, became a man, took on the form. He he took on so much restriction in his life. If anybody had the right to be proud, Jesus did. But he decided to humble himself. Hey, I know it's a hot old Sunday morning, but I'm trying to say to you, friends, if you want to taste and see that the Lord is good, you've got to humble yourself before him. You've got to change your mindset. You've got to say, you know what? I'm going to stop fighting to get equality. You know, you know everybody's about equality today, isn't it? We've just had it. BBC have published their 10 top salary things, and everybody's outraged. You know what? Who cares? Really, who cares? I know we all want to fight about it. We all want to be recognized. I'm not saying we have to abandon our rights or anything like that. What I'm saying is sometimes our rights are less important than our attitude. Hello? Sometimes we want to demand everything. And actually what Jesus wants is us to be humble at heart. And say, oh, so what? They didn't recognize my great gift this morning. Oh, I didn't get the promotion. I'm not going to be miserable with everybody just because I didn't get the promotion. Because I'm humble in heart. Hello, am I making sense to anybody today? Because I tell you, friends, we need to get a Christ-like mindset. Because where there isn't a Christ-like mindset, 
we find pride and envy rife. And it's in the church, friends. Somebody upsets somebody, and the mindset we should have is, hey, it's fine, please, don't worry about it. But instead, it's how dare you speak to me like that. Why? Because we don't have the mindset of Jesus. Because we want to be proud about who we are rather than recognize that following Jesus calls us to deny ourselves and take up the cross. Oh, amen. Isn't it wonderful to be in the house? Wait to hear my third point. That's the hard one. <laughs> it's just the intro. See, I don't know about you, friends, but somewhere along the line, we have to get real about what, what it means to follow Jesus. Sometimes, see, the Bible says, pride comes before a fall. My mum used to quote that to me when I was a kid. You know what? Turns out she's right. Because you can get so proud of yourself and what you want to achieve. Anybody ever had a dream that was so big and then it all came to nothing? Because it was a pride thing. Sometimes we try to convince God that our big dreams are for him, but actually they're for us. Uh, I get fed up of listening to prophecies where you're going to be the head, not the tail. I'm thinking, man, this dog has 1,500 heads and no tails. They think, everybody, see, and it's different. Everybody wants to be the first. Who's going to be the greatest? What's the greatest prophecy we received? Friends, it's the wrong spirit. It's the wrong mindset. Our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being very nature God, didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. When was the last time you went out in the morning and said, I'm going to make myself nothing today so that other people can find Jesus? That's what Steve's been doing. It's hard, isn't it? We are ambassadors for Christ. Well, we don't like to... Re- I like the ambassador, you know. <laughs> I like the, you know, the chocolate advert for the ambassador. Oh, ambassador, you're really spoiling us with these lovely chocolates. I can't even remember what they're called now. What are they called? don't know. Ferrero Rocher, yeah. I knew some of the older people would remember that one. <laughs> Nobody wants to be the ambassador when the country's going to war and he's the last one out of the building. But we are ambassadors of Christ. See, sometimes we have to humble ourselves and be willing to serve. Paul says in this passage, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourself. Wow. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Some of us are going to have very slack weeks, aren't we? (laughs) I'm going to do nothing this week out of vain ambition or selfish ambition or vain conceit. I'm just going to sit here. (laughs) Because sometimes it's right at the forefront of our, how does this help me? How does this make this work for me? See, see, we call it all kinds of things, but really it's about selfish ambition that festers in the heart of men and wants to become great rather than a servant of all. See, I think Jesus would empty most churches today with his teaching. I do. Because he said, that's what happened. He had people who flooded to him, and he said, okay, this is what I mean. And they went, God bless you with that. So I just think it's a challenge to us. I want a different mindset. And then number three, be obedient even when there's a price to pay. 
It says he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. It's pretty dramatic stuff, isn't it? Now, I don't think most of us are going to have to give our lives to Christ. We might experience some further marginalization in our generation, but friends, brothers, and sisters are giving their lives for Christ even today. There's a price to pay to have the mindset of Jesus, to be obedient. There's a price to pay to say, you know what, I'm going to do what Jesus would do today rather than what I want to do. See, we know that Jesus didn't want to go to the cross because there's a story of him, an account of him in the garden beforehand pleading with Jesus, uh, pleading with the Father. Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Friends, it was an attitude of, I don't want this to happen. See, some of us, we have to walk through things and we don't want it to happen. We're saying, God, please take it away. Can I say with all the love in my heart as a pastor to you today, if Jesus had to walk through the cup of suffering, it just might be the case that we have to. If Jesus had to be obedient and learn obedience, and actually the book of Hebrews says that he was made perfect through what he suffered, if he had to do that, then it just might be possible that you and I have to do the same thing. That we have to become obedient even when there's a price to pay. When you have to tell the truth and there are consequences. Obedience. When you have to choose to be uh, honoring God with your body before and outside of marriage. Obedience when you decide how you're going to spend your finances and how you're going to honor God with your fi- obedience. There's a price to pay for obedience. There's a price to pay in relationships when they go wrong and you have to decide you're going to have the mindset of Christ. It might cost you to say, hey, I forgive you and I move on. It's obedience. Aren't you glad you came? You know what? I just, I, 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 you know, see, Jesus is mind-blowing in who he is and what he's done, but actually his mindset is just unbelievable. That he was willing to give up the glory of heaven because he knew who he was and take on the form of a servant. He was willing to humble himself and even be abused by the world he had created and he was willing to be obedient, even though he didn't want to do it. Friends, there are sometimes following Jesus will make you have to decide to do something you don't want to do. That is not the enemy, that's discipleship. Hello. Oh, I expect an amen, Dave. That's a great call. Oh, I love that. I know it's hard, friends, but Jesus said that, didn't he? Deny yourself. So I just want to, I want to put it out there. Honestly, I'm scared today. I'm a bit scared that there's a message that's coming into the church that is too, everything's going to be fun and blessed. I'm a bit scared of it. I mean, I'm not overwhelmed about it because I believe that God blesses us. I've never been happier as a Christian than I am today. But I'm a bit worried that we're trying to get the focus of living for God and, living, and making it living for ourselves. That the meaning of Christianity should be that everything works well for us. I don't see that in the Bible. I see that following Jesus is what works well. And it brings us into an eternal glory, not a present glory. In fact, the Bible says our present glories are nothing compared to the eternal glory that will become. Friends, whatever you get into here is only a pale imitation of what glory will be like. That's got to be the faith of the saints in this day and age. How do we do this? We have to have transformed minds to have transformed attitudes. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Jesus isn't calling us to die, but he is calling us to live a sacrifice life to him. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. 
Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I just want you to reflect for a minute today. Band, do you want to come back? We're going to close in just a moment. I want you to reflect on what it means to have a different attitude in being like Jesus as we walk through this world. Jesus said to his disciples as he washed their feet, I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. For I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Wow. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed. Now that you know who you are, you're free to live with a different attitude. You're free. Now that you know that, you're free. If you don't know who you are, you're not free. But when you know you're a child of God and that God has saved you and redeemed you and that nothing can separate you from his love, you're free to have a different spirit because you don't have to chase after other things. You can just be who you are in Christ. When you've willingly taken on the role of a servant, you're able just to say, you know what, I'll humble myself today because this isn't about me. This is about serving the purposes of God. That's when we get into a fight, isn't it? When it's about us. Hello. When it's about us. Does this work for me? Does that happen? How many of you know it didn't work for Jesus going to the cross? Cost him. Sometimes it'll cost us. (laughs) Oh, bless your church. I'll leave if you want, because there's only more of this ahead. Jesus is calling us to have a different mindset. He's calling us to be the people of God. He's calling us to be men and women who just are changed by him. Therefore, we have to humble ourselves and say, Lord, I'll be who you've called me to be. I'll do what you've called me to do. Become obedient, even if there is a price to pay. I wonder, would you stand with me? In a moment, we're going to sing. What are we singing? Okay, we'll pick something else. (laughs) They had a happy song to finish with. I think they've just changed. But before we get there, you know, I want you to hear my heart today. I wonder if there are people here this morning, you need to repent of pride. Because pride has kept you away from serving the purposes of God. It's about what God can do for you. It's distorted your view of God. It's led to a fall in your life. Hey, there's grace here for those who've sinned. You're not anywhere where we haven't been, where I haven't been. If I had to come back and say, Lord, I've realized it's not about me, Lord. It's about you. I'll humble myself before you, Lord, and be your servant. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not sure who you are. I want to say you're a child of God. Yes, you are. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Maybe you've blown it. Maybe you've sinned. My friend, you're still a child of God. Be free to be yourself. Don't feel you have to prove yourself to everybody. Don't feel you have to run after everything this world has. Be free to be a child of God. And it will change everything. Some of you are having to pay a price to be obedient just now. It's a hard price. You're saying, Father, is it, will it, is it possible for this cup to go from me? Yet not my will, but yours be done. Friends, it's maybe a tough place to be, but it's the best place to be, surrendering to the Lord. That's what we believe here today. It's not, it's not about...
just uh, we're religious so everything goes great we're believers in Jesus Christ therefore we follow him even though it's tough even though there's a price to pay because we want to have the same mindset as he does maybe today you're not a Christian yet here today and you're just looking at what's happening and you're just maybe could this be real when you know Jesus Christ died for you gave up the glory of heaven and took on the form of a human being lived a sinless life to die as an offering for sin to bring you to God to make peace between you and God and so today you can have life in his name you can know who you are because of what Jesus has done for you if you're here this morning in that place I'd love to pray for you just before we close the service we're going to sing who the sun sets free is it but before we do that if that's you this morning I just want to give a chance just put your hand up and say Dave that's me I want to get right with Jesus today just as we're all standing here